Welcome to this week's serving of Oyster Stew, a mix of financial services commentary and insights. Each week, we'll discuss what is happening in the industry based on what we see as we work with regulators and clients. We hope you come away with the knowledge and tools to help you make the best decisions for your firm's future. I'm Elizabeth Gatlin, your host for today's podcast about the Consolidated Audit Trail, or CAT, reporting requirements. With me are Oyster Consultants Ralph McGee and Jeff Call. As an Oyster Consultant, Ralph has led teams in large-scale client remediation and clearing platform conversion-related projects. Currently, Ralph is using his expertise in trade reporting to provide large broker-dealers project management and subject matter expertise related to the consolidated audit trail. Prior to becoming CEO of Devise and developing the technology behind Oyster Solutions software, Jeff Call previously worked for 15 years at SunGuard, most of that time as VP of Technology and CTO, which included the development of the Protegent Trading Surveillance Program. In today's podcast, we'll cover the basics, including what the Consolid Audit is and its purpose, what is happening in the industry from a reporting standpoint, where we are with CAT today, and what firms should be doing. Gentlemen, I'd like to thank you for spending time with me and our listeners today. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Elizabeth. Ralph, let's start with a question for you. What is CAT? Sure. CAT is an acronym that stands for Consolidated Audit Trail. And this is a depository of sort that will track equity and option orders throughout their life cycle across broker-dealers uh, throughout our nation. And this will allow regulators to identify the broker-dealers handling those orders and eventually the clients that are originating the order flow. And Ralph, how long has the industry been preparing for CAT reporting? Uh, for quite a while. For those of you familiar uh, in, the, in the financial industry space, You've been hearing about this since 2010 when it was first proposed. Uh, it was later adopted under SEC Rule 613 in 2012. And since then, the industry has seen a lot of delays uh, with this implementation and initiative from a regulatory standpoint. It's even seen a change in processor over the, last, uh, over the past eight years. However, since FINRA has taken over and replaced Thesis uh, in February 2009, we've seen quite an acceleration to the timeline and implementation of this regulatory requirement. Now, I'm sure that most of our listeners and, and folks in the financial industry can appreciate what an undertaking this is. Let's think about that for a second. Every equity and option order originated in NMS securities across investment firms in the U.S. will have to report that activity to CAT. This will include the origination of the order, the routing of the order, the execution, the modification, or potentially cancellation of that order throughout the life cycle. And it will eventually include the allocations to the client. If you're only considered just the data space that's needed to capture and store that relevant information related to each of those order events, you can start to appreciate what, a ma what magnitude that we're talking about here with this initiative not to mention the IT resources that are needed to put all of this in place. I'm sure Jeff can speak to this. Jeff, can you comment on the infrastructure and some of the resources that you may have uh, found helpful from a technical standpoint? Sure, Ralph. The, uh, yeah, just to get an idea of the volume we're talking, just in the testing phase right now, 35 billion events processed this uh, last week. 
so the magnitude is enormous, and uh, just handling that data obviously is a, a great challenge. Uh, as I look for technical resources, really the best source is the, the FINRA site, but the official site is catnmsplan.com. There are three main specifications right now that, that you should take time to explore and read through. The first is the Phase 2A and 2B spec, and uh, that is currently V2.2.1, revision 3, and uh, there's another update will be coming out shortly on that. But uh, that's the latest spec, and that has all of uh, the requirements for Phase 2A and 2B. A couple months ago, they released the 2C specifications. That's also available on the site. And there's also uh, a spec out um, around the customer and account technical specifications. Uh, another portion of the site is called the member reporting scenarios. And there's a lot of great documents there. There's the tech spec on for 2A, 2B. And this document really explains more of the use cases and uh, gives great real-life examples of the spec. Definitely recommend that you use both the spec and the scenario documents together. The scenarios doc for 2C has been widely anticipated. That will be coming out this week. Uh, we're excited to get that document, and that will be a companion to the 2C spec. Uh, also, there is a scenario uh, version 1 for the customer account reporting. Another important part to the site is the reference data. This contains start of day and end of day listings for the both for equities and for options, and also has a listing of all the industry members and any conflicts on that list. So, Ralph, have you also found the CAT webpage helpful, and how might you use it from a subject matter expertise perspective? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think Jeff is dead on with this. Um, it, it is a great resource. Uh, in addition to the technical specs and the reporting scenario documents that, that he's mentioned, you know, I've relied on those pretty heavily uh, working with our clients. Um, there's a lot of useful information there also on guidance. In conjunction with those two documents, I, I use the frequently asked questions section of the, the web page quite often. These will help you dive into more detail around interpreting and clarifying these specifications that, are, that were listed. There are also onboarding guides that, that will give clients step-by-step -step, uh, directions on, on how they should become certified to report to CAT. Um, there are also connectivity supplements out there that help uh, from more of a technical standpoint. I'm sure Jeff has used those in the past as well. I think the site does a great job of providing access to industry calls and alerts and things that are CAT specific uh, to the industry members. You know, I, I, can, I can say to our listeners that, you know, one that I would recommend, you know, if you're just getting into CAT and, and learning about it is they do have a CAT presentation called CAT 101. This was put on on January 8th of this year. And you can search for that in the top right-hand corner by typing CAT 101. That'll take you right to the recorded presentation. And uh, that's very useful, I think, for someone that's, uh, that's familiarizing themselves with CAT and CAT reporting. You know, as we represent clients throughout the, the, the normal course of business um, in a week, there, there are several calls that happen, industry calls. Uh, they have a touch point call every Tuesday at 4.15 that we represent our clients on. 
There's a slightly more technical spec uh, or technical working group, if you will, that's it's called the technical spec working group. Uh, they are longer presentations in nature, as you can imagine, the uh, the types of information that's discussed on those calls um, are around specific scenarios that industry members may have questioned or, or brought up in a frequently asked question. What seems to be the impending industry timeline? Last I checked, firms are due to start reporting to CAT later in April, right? Yeah, that, that's exactly right, uh, Elizabeth. Um, firms have been in the midst of preparing for 2A, which is geared towards their equity reporting events. Uh, all of our clients and most firms that, that are out there in the industry are in the process of completing their certification for that. Uh, this certification would require that all firms submit a full day's production data, the FINRA-CAT, uh, which results in a less than 10% error rate. And all of our clients are in the process of uh, getting that, that certification right now. However, you know, in light of the un unfortunate events that we're seeing related to COVID-19, probably should talk about what firms should be doing and what this means for our clients. Many firms in the financial industry have implemented their BCP plans, uh, obviously to protect the safety of the workforce, right, and, and to, to protect their operational readiness. Uh, this is understandably a, a stressed the internal IT resources of our clients and many firms across the financial industry. This has taken resources that were previously assigned to the implementation of CAT and has shifted that to support staff and remote users as these BCPs have been implemented. Here's what we know. This is subject to change. I'll put that out as a disclaimer. The SEC issued a no action letter providing exemptive relief for their participants until May 20th. All right, so what does this mean? Firms can delay their reporting for 2A until May 20th, but firms still need to complete their certification. If they choose to take the exempted relief, firms must still provide FINRA-CAT a 14-day window to review their data submissions for certification. Therefore, if you look at that May 6th date, that would be your new deadline under the relief. Now, FINRA-CAT still will accept CAT reports from firms that have already certified, starting on April 20th, which was the original date. However, keep in mind, there'll be no compliance expectations for these firms until after the May 20th date. In other words, if a firm chose to report, they, they would not be subject to having to repair any errors that are resulting from that reporting until that May 20th date. Now, in response to this no action letter, the operating committee of the CAT NMS plan also issued a statement on that no action letter essentially confirming the previously mentioned details. And then on last Friday, the CAT participants, that's the SROs themselves, that manage this CAT processor, submitted a request for relief to the Securities and Exchange Commission seeking that they extend and make more precise the SEC March 16th COVID-19 no action relief letter from May 20th to June 22nd for 2A equities and July 20th for 2B options specifically. So this request is going to the SEC from the participants and the SROs saying, hey, 
We appreciate that you recognize the impact that COVID-19 has had on the industry, but we had an original structure of a phased implementation, 2A, 2B, being April 20th and May 20th, and we'd like to see the same thing happen for this exemptive relief. Can we make it June 22nd and July 20th corresponding with the original kind of plan? Now, that could shift some things around as well, right? That could shift the entire timeline of this implementation as we move through this. I do want to note that the SEC has yet to approve that SRO request, and there's ambiguity around the impact of this proposed no-action relief for 2A, 2B, intra-firm and intra-firm linkage requirements. I'm sure Jeff can give us a summary of, of some of the data that we got on last Tuesday's FINRA touchpoint call that, that would highlight kind of where the industry is, how many participants are actively testing, and, and maybe some of what the, the numbers look like. Jeff, could you help us with that? Sure, Al. So I will say on the lighter side with the COVID-19 impact, uh, the last few presentations have been uh, very entertaining with uh, everyone working from home. So uh, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of interruptions from uh, uh, pets and children and uh, uh, hosts dropping off, having to reconnect. Uh, so just be aware when you listen to those presentations that they're a little different from what they were uh, several weeks back. Um, anyway, let, let me hop into the numbers and stats here. So as far as uh, this is as of March 20th, so we have 118 firms certified with another 56 pending. Uh, the number of industry members submitting has increased to 1048 with 1.3 million files, uh, with most of those being submitted through a private line. Uh, let me hop into just some quick breakdowns on equities and options. They just barely start broke this out. It used to be all together, but they've started breaking out equity stats and option stats separately. Keep in mind that options are a month behind equities, so there's um, definitely less volume and less testing right now in options. On the equity front, total for the week processed 35 billion uh, events. Uh, with 262 million rejected, which is about 0.74%, so under 1% rejection rate. So that's important. That's a very good rejection rate. Uh, obviously, everyone trying to get under the 10% rejection rate in order to, to pass uh, this initial testing. Uh, if we look at the options breakdown, uh, less volume there, but still significant, with uh, 377 million. That rejection rate is higher. It's close to 7% um, as that's a bit newer and people are still working through some of the, the issues and bugs on that front. But that's a quick breakdown just on the stats uh, as of March 20th. And I'll, and I'll add one, one other thing to that. Um, you know, as, as it stands right now, I just want to make sure all our listeners are aware, as it stands right now, there is no exemptive relief for 2B. So, the only exemptive relief that folks are being given right now is for 2A, extending that 2A requirement to May 20th, which was the original date for 2B as well, the options. So those firms that elect to take the exemptive relief as it stands right now, uh, without any further changes, would have to report their equities and option security uh, reporting events to CAT starting on May 20th. Thank you, Ralph.
You and Jeff have provided us with a lot of great information today. And I have one final question before we wrap up this first CAT podcast. What should firms be focusing on right now? Well, I think firms should be ultra-focused on on the SEC and what else or what, what further guidance that they may give, right? Um, if firms uh, have gotten a sense of where they stand, if they have certified, then they should be working through a business plan to report to CAT. For those firms that have not been certified, uh, they probably should be building a business plan uh, and get that, get that wrapped up very quickly. That business plan would basically guide them through the next steps that they need to do for reporting for all phases of the CAT implementation over the next several years. The things that they would they need to check immediately, uh, I would say, would be take a look at the registration and onboarding requirements that are posted on the CAT NMS uh, plan website. Uh, they should continue to test their data uh, for 2A and 2B as those things are the most immediate uh, reporting requirements uh, for these firms. And in testing that, they, they need to make sure that all of their order flow is being captured and reported to CAD. We found with working with several clients and potential clients that not, you know, don't assume that your clearing firm is reporting all of your activity. There may be a subset of order flow that, that's on another platform that is not being reported by your clearing firm. So don't make that assumption. I think people need to be looking at their entire book and making sure that all of that is ca captured and being reported to, uh, to CAT. They should be reviewing their policies and procedures and making those updates to the trade reporting sections to reflect the, the, new, the new procedures for CAT. Um, they should be analyzing their staffing, right? What, what is it? What's it going to take to staff the, the, the requirements for, for CAT reporting? Uh, who will do the rejections and the repairs for CAT? Many firms are using some of their, their long-term employees to do this for OATS reporting, which is very similar. And eventually OATS will be replaced by CAT, right? But what do you do with those resources? We've had, we've had several firms uh, kind of not, not know whether they want to take the existing knowledge of those that, that have mastered OATS and, and, and teach them a new reporting structure, if you will, of CAT. So we've had firms struggling with where to, where to put those resources. Do they hire a new person to do this? Do they need additional people? Can they absorb it inside and, and handle it with what they've got? You should be also obtaining your certification for reporting to CAT if you haven't done so. And then obviously there should be a business plan, like I mentioned, that will prepare for the future reporting phases of CAT reporting. Jeff, maybe you can talk a little bit about some specifics of how we're working with their current clients on their CAT implementation. Sure, Ralph. So obviously, you know, helping with that full implementation of CAT, uh, targeting obviously 2A and 2B, but also looking and preparing for 2C um, as that comes and uh, working on you know, helping firms with multiple uh, reporting agents. So typically a firm will have uh, several relationships that help with their custody and, and clearing, and uh, we will work with those multiple relationships to make sure all those are reporting properly for you as a firm. Uh, we'll also help participate in the calls, so the regulatory industry calls 
uh, help bring you up to speed, give you a summary of, of all that information that's happening there, help with the policy and procedure review, and any updates that need to be made there. We'll also help you in your analysis uh, if you need to use a consolidation service. There, you know, typically you'll have your clearing custody firm, um, you know, if you're working with a, a Refinitiv or a Broadridge or maybe a Pershing or Fidelity, typically those firms will provide the work to produce your cat file and submit that cat file for you. But if you do have multiple vendors helping you with that analysis and that submittal, sometimes it's nice to use a consolidator. So a consolidator will come in, they will receive those files from uh, each of those sources of data, consolidate, and then send that data to FINRA nightly for you. Uh, some of the advantages that they can uh, help you with is, is if you do have uh, some move in the future, obviously that uh, is easier to, to happen since the consolidator is listed and is the main uh, relationship uh, with FINRA, uh, that would be easier to make that change. Um, also, they provide a lot of additional services. So they do bring those files in. They provide uh, a pre-check. So they'll look at uh, any errors before it gets submitted to FINRA and give you an update uh, of those errors uh, before submittal. Uh, they'll also help in the error correction process. After the fact, you have three days to correct your errors, and they'll help facilitate that process as well. So we'll help you with that analysis as well on consolidation service and how that might be helpful to you as a firm. And there are, there are pros and cons. Uh, so keep in mind that it is one more link uh, in the process, one more entity involved, uh, which may add some uh, additional coordination efforts as well. And Jeff, uh, but, uh, this can be kind of a, a costly endeavor for firms as well, right? There are uh, potentially some implementation fees and things that are involved in that? Yeah, so the consolidators obviously uh, would have an implementation fee. Some of those can be quite large, and they'll have a monthly fee as well. So yes, this can be quite expensive um, as far as the services that are offered. Uh, another service that we offer our clients is a testing tool called the OysterCAD application uh, that we've developed um, as we've worked with our clients. And this tool is very helpful in the testing process. It basically uh, pulls in the data nightly, the CAT files uh, from multiple uh, sources from any of your reporting agents, and uh, presents that data in a much more detailed fashion than is available currently on the FINRA site. So uh, basically the data is organized by event, but it's also broken out by each event type. So you can go and look at your MENO record or your MEOR record and see all the columns and filter on all those columns. It'll organize all the errors for you in an issues tab where you can easily correct and see those errors. Um, it'll also provide you an easy way to see all the linkage. So you can click on an order and see the related uh, route uh, or cancel or modify with that order. There's also uh, a lot of reporting that, that quickly allows you to see um, breakdowns of your data and different statistics. Uh, right now, we're working on adding a lot of source file comparisons, where we actually go in and pull in your source data from, from your vendor that you're working with and compare that um, against the CAT file that's been reported to FINRA and look at any differences there, looking for uh, CAT events that should have been reported that are not, um, or looking for the CAT event that, get, that got reported, or looking for the CAT event that was reported and seeing differences um, on each of those elements. 
So anyway, a very useful tool uh, that uh, helps you in, in your testing process and beyond. Also helps you just moving forward with your um, analysis and uh, any corrections that need to be made. So once again, this is a tool that we provide to our customers as we help them in the implementation of CAT. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. And I, I, I think this is a very, very powerful tool. Uh, Jeff and I are available at any time to provide demos on this tool to any of our listeners uh, that are interested. If you just reach out to us at Oyster, we'd be glad to set up a demo for you. I think for me personally, this tool has made uh, working with CAD data a lot easier. I, uh, in my history, I've done a lot of uh, contracts and working with firms and clients for their OATS reporting. And one of the biggest downsides to that work is that you never really had a good tool to analyze those reports. And, uh, you know, through working with their clients, we've been able to develop that with Jeff's expertise in IT, and I, I, I just would like to express my, my gratitude to Jeff for the work that he's done on this. This is a very, very powerful tool, and if you're sitting there and you're listening to us and you're using spreadsheets to review your CAT report, please, please reach out to us. I, this will make your life a lot easier uh, in, a, in a very affordable fashion as well. Thank you both again for taking the time to offer your thoughts on CAT and how we are assisting our clients with their CAT implementation. If you should have any questions, please reach out to our CAT team at Oyster. Thanks again for listening to the Oyster Stew podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so we can continue to bring you resources to help you make the best decisions for your firm. If you're struggling with a topic and you'd like us to do a podcast on it, or you'd like a free consultation, feel free to reach out to us at 804-965-5400 or by visiting our website at oysterllc.com.